Second Samuel chapter 9 tonight. We went through chapter 8 last week, and, and it was a quick overview of really the entire uh, reign of David and the battles that God won through David. And now in chapter 9, we jump back into the life of David, back several years, and, and right into the midst of his reign. And this chapter uh, takes place several years after the death of Saul and Jonathan now, after the Ark of the Covenant uh, has been established and after uh, several of these battles have been won. And uh, the point, uh, what, what he is wanting to do here, even though we don't know the exact year, the point that, that God wants to get across to us in this chapter is that the king here, King David, is wanting to show loving kindness to the house of Saul once again. The man who hunted him for a good portion of his reign, God is, uh, David is wanting to show kindness to his house once again. So look with me as we begin in verse 1 together of chapter 9. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of those, <coughs> any of the house of Saul? that I may show the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And in chapter 9 of Second Samuel here, we're going to get a glimpse into the act of kindness that David is going to show uh, his son here, uh, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. And you might remember that name from back a few chapters in the book of Second Samuel. And uh, he, he wants to show this, this young man, uh, middle-aged man, uh, the Lord's kindness. And through it, we will see a picture, while it's an imperfect picture, obviously, because David is, is a, a, you know, he does have uh, sin. We're going to see a picture, nonetheless, of the loving kindness of our heavenly king. And something that we truly do not deserve but something that we should glory in. So let's ask the Lord to show us here tonight his loving kindness. Father, I thank you uh, for your word, and and even as it was uh, talked about tonight, is that which uh, Lord cuts and divides in in between our thoughts and your thoughts. And uh, Lord, I just ask that you would do that tonight. Lord, change and shape our thinking uh, of who you truly are as our Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We see firstly here tonight an act of kindness. An act of kindness, not just any act of kindness, but as verse 1 mentions, an act of kindness for Jonathan's sake. If you recall, David made a covenant with Jonathan when they were in the field together. And Jonathan and him, I don't know if they locked arms or whatnot, but they, they made a covenant with each other. And Jonathan said, would you make a covenant with me that you won't let your kindness depart from my house? And, and David made that covenant three times. And, uh, and here we come to present day now where David calls in the servant of Saul. There's, there's been a, 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 time, a short time of peace in the land. David obviously had wanted to build the house of the Lord. The Lord gave him the Davidic covenant. And now he wants to do this, this, uh, this act of kindness he finds 
Saul's old servant, Ziba. And he calls him in and tells him, is there still a, a son of Jonathan's alive? You know, what happened? And, uh, and he finds out that he's yet lame on his feet. Well, why is this? Well, if you go back just a couple of chapters to chapter 4, you find out who this son is, Mephibosheth. Second Samuel 4, verse 4 says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, that is, the battle that happened and them dying. And his nurse took him up and fled, and it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. And now we come back to chapter 9 after several years have passed. You remember, okay, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth is five years old. There's a seven and a half year period where David is reigning, but he's not reigning over the entirety of Israel. He's waiting for God to put him in place. So Mephibosheth is 12 and a half years old at that time. And then some more years have passed now as David has begun to reign and begun to conquer uh, different parts of, of Israel as a whole and expanding the kingdom as God is allowing him to. And so... With the biblical data, a lot of people try to make Mephibosheth out to be this old man that is coming in towards David and falling on his face. And I think the biblical data gives us more of the idea that he was in the middle of his life, 30, 35, somewhere in there. Now, while his age doesn't mean much, Mephibosheth's response means the world. And we're going to see that in just a moment as he responds to the king. But before he, we see his response, let's look at his current living conditions. Look at verse 4 of 2 Samuel 9. And the king said unto him, Where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Mekar, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. And then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Mekar, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. Right now... He's living in another man's house. He doesn't even, it, it looks as though he doesn't even have his own piece of land. He doesn't have anything to his name. And the servant comes and says, uh, hey, the king wants to talk to you. He's, the, David has sent, sent for someone to come and fetch this. And the Bible doesn't tell us necessarily what transpires here, but, but you'll catch it in the rest of the narrative. Mephibosheth, as he's receiving this message from the king, as he's being sent for, knows that David was, uh, he, he, he was, he was hunted by his grandfather, <laughs> to say the, the least. And that's putting it kindly. He was hunted for by a, a lot by his grandfather, and he knows that he was best friends with his father. So you know, you're thinking, uh, maybe Mephibosheth is thinking, what mood is the king in? When I come before his presence, I know that he can snap his fingers and my head is gone. What in the world is, is going to happen? So let's look at verse 6 where we pick up the narrative. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And, Mephibosheth, uh, and David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And I love what David says next. And David said unto him, Fear not. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be afraid. Your head's not going anywhere. 
In fact, I, I want to I bless you. He, he, says, he says, don't fear anything. I want, I want to put all of your fears to ease. And David said unto him, fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. So Mephibosheth is called in and, and right before David, and his first response is to fall down and do, and do reverence and to, and to worship David, trying to put maybe any wrong feelings at, at, at ease. And David says, you don't have anything to fear. You don't have anything to fear. I, I want to pour love out on you. The king shares his words of loving kindness. And we're going to see secondly here tonight... Mephibosheth's response of humility. And I want, I want us to look at that in verse 8 here. Mephibosheth here, he said, it says, And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? He says, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I that, that you as a king should smile on me? And should give me an inheritance of my grandfather who is, who is long past. I'm of no use to you. He says, I'm, I'm lame. I, I'm, I'm like a dead dog. I can't give anything back to you. I can't serve you. And it's here that we see a beautiful picture given. A beautiful, not a perfect picture by any means because of the fact that David is not a perfect king. But a picture nonetheless of our Heavenly Father's loving kindness toward us. See, a picture is given here of us as sinners before we knew Christ and the loving kindness of our Heavenly Father. Take Mephibosheth for a a second. He's a good example to us, a good picture to us of what we were before we came to know Christ. When uh, When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we were crippled. And that's putting it mildly. We were crippled without God. And Jesus Christ uh, knew that we had no hope as sinners. You know, this isn't the only place in the Bible that talks about lame people. John chapter 5, if you remember, Jesus walks into past a, a sheep gate into the, into the uh, town of Jerusalem there. And he walks by Solomon's porch, and there's five different porches all. And and in John chapter 5, verse 3, he recounts that there are many impotent folk. I'm going to read it for you here. It says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of that water. And that water was the pool of Bethsaida. They were hoping to, to be healed. What does that word impotent mean? It means weak, feeble, wanting strength or power, unable by nature or disabled by disease to perform any act. Impotent. You say, well, what does that have to do? How how does that apply to God's loving kindness towards me? In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, Paul uses the same Greek word uh, in a different phrase. Let me read it for you. Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength... That's that word impotent. Same Greek word. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. 
In other words, when you were completely disabled by disease, the disease of sin, Christ died for you. And he didn't just die. He rose again, and he's gifted salvation to anyone who will receive it. And those who receive it, he gives the gift of salvation and a blessed inheritance. Just like this king is going to give Mephibosheth. Before coming to Christ, we were in terrible shape. And, and again, that's putting it mildly. But God takes us and makes us sons and daughters of the king. John chapter 1, verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's a hard truth to fathom. That God would take me from being crippled and diseased in my sin and bring me and save me because of his loving kindness and seat me at his heavenly table where I can feast on the riches of his word. That is the loving kindness of our king. And when I come back to, to Mephibosheth's response, who am I? Who am I that I should sit at the, at the king's table? I'm coming in here and I have nothing to give you. And many people today get upset with when God doesn't do something that the, they want him to do. They, in, in reality, we should be happy for anything that God does for us. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Who are we that the, whole, that the God of, of the entire universe should smile on us and show his loving kindness towards us and work personally in us? Praise the Lord that, that he does that. So if nothing else is learned here tonight, I just want you, I want you to take this away, uh, this one thing away into your own life that nothing we have nothing we have in and of ourselves or gain is ever because of us but it's only because of the loving kindness and the grace of our heavenly king lastly we see here david gives a gift of an inheritance and this inheritance is laid out here before the servant ziba look at verse 9 with me then the king called to ziba saul's servant and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained unto Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits, that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy, my, thy master's son, shall eat bread alway at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. That's, a, that's quite a bit. Uh, can you say Ziba was pretty well off? We're going to come back to that in just a second. Mephibosheth goes from living in another man's house to now being a landowner and having all of his father's servants and, and, and his family to boot to till the land and sitting at the king's table. What an inheritance was giving to, given to him by grace. Now I want you to take that for a moment. Okay, that's a great earthly inheritance. Now I want you to just think for a second of your heavenly inheritance. That's so much grander. God has given you so much more. So much better than that. Now it does mention Ziba's family and servants right at the end of verse 10 there. Notice that narrative 
it, it makes mention of it very quickly. Now, Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And the Bible doesn't go into the feelings of Zeba right now. But can you imagine, okay, you're a servant, your master has died, you've come into some wealth, you have a growing family, and you have all these servants, and then the king says, I'm going to make you servant to your master's grandson for the rest of your life. Now, now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what happened. Can you imagine the feelings of Ziba at that time? He just got put to work, and uh, while he seems to comply easily in the rest of this chapter, we're going to find that down the road, really in the last eight chapters of 2 Samuel, that this is going to come back, and Ziba is going to play a vital role in the pain that David experiences. It's not because David made a wrong decision to show kindness here, but that it really, Ziba, in his, in his bitterness, because he allows bitterness to sink in, starting, I believe, at this point, that comes and it springs up and it causes pain for, for other people down the road. So let's, let's look at the carrying out of the king's word. Verse 11, Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet." As we close here tonight and we go to prayer, I just want to make some final application. This was a great act of loving kindness by King David. How in spite of all the, the hatred and, uh, that was shown by, uh, by King Saul to, to David, uh, hunting him for literally almost every day of, of the, the second part of his reign, in spite of all of that, Here, the king shows his loving kindness to the house of Saul and the house of Jonathan. Just the fact that David would go and search out this grandson and offer him a kingly inheritance. And to think that Christ has done much greater for you, much greater than this for you, as his son or daughter of the king. Christ died for us. I didn't deserve that. When I turned to God by faith and trusted in Christ's finished work, He made me a child of the King, a a co-heir with Christ. I don't deserve that. And yet God loved me anyway. God loved you anyway. May we today live in light of His loving kindness towards us to bring Him glory. Let's pray.